And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So here's the good thing. We have experience doing this thing. The Wizards have won seven out of eight games. And fortunately for myself and today's guest, we have experience evaluating whether a seven out of eight streak from the 2020-21 Wizards is a real thing or a total mirage. So they won seven out of eight in February. Then they lost seven out of eight in their next eight. Uh, Fortunately, I have a guy who's never lost seven out of eight in his life on the other Skype line. And it's Ben Standig once again. I don't think you're that familiar with my dating life. But anyway, I appreciate (laughs) appreciate the compliment. How how are we doing today? Hey, if 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 you can get eight dates in uh, in today's today's COVID crazy world, I think that's like an accomplishment on its own. Well, yeah, uh, the, the, the 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 pandemic life has altered many things about my life. Not that my dating life was exactly robust before, but in any event, we should instead we should instead of talking about that and the craziest, we should marry up the Wizards in the playoffs, right? Because clearly, that is like looking like a thing. Oh, it's it's a thing. I don't care how you define thing. It's been a thing for a little bit. Uh, now it's kind of a, it's it's been a thing all year because the Wizards say it's a thing. And because the NBA decided that they're going to let 67% of its teams into some sort of postseason. We can argue whether the play-in tournament is the playoffs or not, but it's certainly the postseason because it's after the season. It is the postseason. And the NBA has decided they're going to allow two-thirds of the teams into the postseason. The Wizards right now, as of the time we're recording this, which is Tuesday morning, the Wizards are 24-33. and 33. They just beat the Thunder last night. They are tied with Chicago for 10th place in the Eastern Conference. I, I really just refuse to call it the 10 seed. The 10 seed is ridiculous terminology. It's not the 10 seed. There are eight seeds. It is 10th place. They are tied for 10th place. This is the, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. They are tied for 10th place with Chicago at 24 and 33. Uh, Toronto is only a half a game back in them at 24 and 34. They're actually only a couple of games back of Indiana, who has been struggling lately, has not been playing great basketball, and just lost Miles Turner. Chicago, meanwhile, has Zach, Zach Levine and the health and safety protocols for another week or so. That's obviously a huge loss for them. The Wizards have one of the easiest remaining strengths of schedule in the league. Uh, Be- Benjamin, how do you how do you see this? How do you see this unfolding? I mean, w- look, so much of what happens in sports, there's so much luck involved that we all ignore. You know, uh, in, in, you know, and it's why like to define anybody as like winning, you know, whether they win or don't win a title in, in certain ways, or or you know, make finals or things like that is not always like completely accurate. You have to look at the whole picture. Um, and that's why I always say in sports, the goal, if you're a smart team, the goal definitively isn't to win the title. It's to put yourself in position every year to win the title. 
and then you just hope the breaks are going your way. Now, making the 10 seed is not the same as winning the title, but look at like what's happening in front of the Wizards. The 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 uh, the Chicago Bulls they, they picked it up a little bit the last couple of games, but they've had a big uh, letdown after making the big Vucevic trade, and then Zach Levine goes in the protocol. The Indiana Pacers, what did I just see? Miles Turner is dealing with uh, a foot issue. Is that what I saw? So he's out for a little bit, mm-hmm. and the Charlotte uh, and Charlotte loses Gordon Hayward for a little bit, and they already had lost Lamelo Ball. So they're taking a hit. Like all these things are happening in front of Washington at the point the Wizards are the healthiest they've more or less have been, you know, pretty much all season, right? Westbrook is playing at a really high level. Obviously, Beal's doing what Beal does, and the, the you know the, this random center rotation is is doing is doing a lot. It, it is it is trending in very positive ways, and obviously, and 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 also like look at the schedule. Like, we can say, well, like, I mean, they, they've beaten some good teams during this stretch. But, like, right now, including the Thunder game last night, they're playing some teams that are at the bottom. But eventually, that's how the schedule works. You play teams that are good, and you play teams that are bad. By the way, I have a serious question, and I'm not joking when I ask you this. We always say about, like, if an NBA team play, you know, like, when, when, when there's, like, a really good Kentucky team, we say Kentucky could beat whoever the bad team in the NBA is right now. Serious question. If the Wizards played Gonzaga the Gonzaga team that just lost in the national title game that was undefeated going into that, would the spread be any worse than 12 and a half that we saw last night with the, <laughs> with the Thunder? But I'm serious because I looked at that Thunder lineup and I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, at least on the NBA level. Like I've heard of some of the names, but there were no NBA players, proven NBA players in that, really in that game for the most part. I mean, maybe no, it's wild. They're I sitting mean, I, everybody. You know what's a crazy stat? They traded Russ less than two years ago. And there is nobody left on that team who was a teammate of his in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. I mean, seriously, like the Gonzaga team would have the guy Jalen Suggs who's coming out in the draft, who might be the number two pick in the draft, and they have multiple other players who are projected to be first round picks. I think all those players, if if, if drafted, if you had the Gonzaga players and the OKC players, the Gonzaga guys would get picked first. Anyway, it was just wild to see that the Wizards were favored by twelve and a half. Of course, they also didn't cover. Uh, but that's separate. Um, anyway, I just thought that was wild. That, that I've never seen an NBA lineup look like that before. Yeah, it was. It's it's reminiscent of the Hanky 76ers, what they're doing right now, because they're just flat out sitting. They traded everybody, and then they're just flat out sitting Al Horford. They're just healthy scratching Al Horford. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is not in the lineup. Lou Dort is not in the lineup. They've got good young talent on that roster actually not other than Gilgis Alexander there are no great up-and-coming players but Dort's going to be really good uh Gilgis Alexander Gilgis Alexander is going to be freaking great he is going to be spectacular that guy is already a wildly efficient scorer the efficiency numbers on him are outrageous for someone who averages 20 plus a game he's Uh, by the way to, to the audience, I'm I very apologize. I got the former Thunder beat writer to go down a Thunder path and discuss the team. My, my apologies. I'm so but, sorry. But no, it's crazy watching watching them and just seeing that they have no one. And you know what? The Wizards have them twice in a week. That's why yeah. you got to be thinking like this team could do something. Uh, by do something, I mean get into the playing tournament. Can we do a game that we did? Uh, two years ago, and that you fared very well on. You're always good at stuff like this. Oh boy. Um, can can I just go through the schedule and have you guess 
Have you have you guess just just tell me if you think this is a win or not, all right? Deal. So the Wizards have 15 games remaining, right? 15? Yes. I'm going to say it's 15. All right. Okay. A, a couple of years ago, we did this on this podcast, and uh, somebody went back and listened to it on Reddit and pointed out that you got like some, I don't remember the number, but it was some outrageous consecutive, uh, consecutive amount of games correct to start. And you came very close to predicting the entire remainder of the season uh, correctly. So you do this to yourself. All right, Wednesday, fans return. Steph Curry, who apparently cannot score fewer than 40 points in a game, he arrives. Uh, all right, Wednesday, Golden State, at home. I, I mean, yeah, you have to start me off with, like, the really tough one. I mean, you're playing against the hottest player on the planet against a team that is, you know, are, we, are they – is this real or, or never? I, I, screw it. I'm going with the Wizards. I, 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 Beal, uh, not that Beal and Westbrook need motivation, but I think both of them will be mo- highly motivated against Curry. And it's not like Golden State is actually really good right now. Curry's just playing at a high level. So screw it. Let's go with, let's go Wizards. Yeah, exactly. Curry is making these games close when they shouldn't be close. And that's basically what's happening. I'm with you. It's in Washington too. So, all right. At Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, I'll go. I'll go Washington based on we just saw. Unless Oklahoma City uh, gets Durant back, we'll go Washington. Home for Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, this is getting crazy. I, I yeah. mean, yes, it is. This Cleveland's is the point of this exercise. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Washington. Home for San Antonio, who is reeling. I can't remember. Is this? Oh, that's in San Antonio. The streak. You said this game is here. Uh, wait, the game is in San Antonio or here? It's 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 in DC. All right, I'm I'm gonna have to at some point here pull the plug on something. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go I'll go the Spurs just based on some level of like you know the Spurs always sort of beat everybody. So give me the Spurs, but like you said, they're not exactly playing well. No, they're they're playing quite poorly right now. Uh. And then you got home for the Lakers. We don't have LeBron and don't have AD. Yeah, um, I'll go with the Wizards. I mean, they, they, they you know it makes no sense. And if you're telling me both of those guys are still out, they they did beat them earlier. But regardless of that, that's the type of game I can see these guys getting up for. So at Cleveland, <laughs> I'm giving it the win already based on that laugh. So that means you're you're predicting they win. I'm stopping the exercise here, but that that means you're predicting they win five out of their next six. And the only reason that you're predicting a loss in the extra one is because you feel ridiculous predicting them to win eleven in a row. <laughs> which a bit. Yes. which as as would I. So they're gonna lose to someone in there, maybe a couple, maybe more than a couple. The point is they could be the favorites in the next six games. They've already won five in a row. They're 24 and 33. Um, Chicago is not going to be favorites in its next six games. And by the way, the games after that are not crazy. They luck out where their schedule is already easy and they're potentially getting, you know, the Lakers when they're missing their two star guys. After that, they're in Dallas. That's not an easy game. They got home for Indiana. Indiana's sub 500 right now. They got at Milwaukee, which is obviously tough. Toronto, who is, you know, kind of tanking. Indiana, who is not, 
you know, like I said, sub 500, a couple games against Atlanta who's playing very well. And then you close out the season against Cleveland and in what could be a meaningful game for both teams, they finish out the season against Charlotte. And that is a doable schedule. You want to make the, you want to make the playoffs? Go, go crazy with that schedule. I mean, you're not really going to have a better situation than that, especially with some of the teams that you're matching up against, like the circumstances of some of the teams you're matching up against where San Antonio has been struggling and the Lakers have been hurt. This, They're in a playoff situation, Ben. Who would have – I'm going to call it a situation. We called it a thing to start off. It's a situation now. Very, very strange. I, I – I want to I want to go through some of the uh, some of the notables. So I'm putting you on the spot. So they've won seven out of eight. They won five straight. And one of the things I want to do is I just kind of want us each to pick out a couple of notables from the seven out of eight streak. And since I'm putting you on the spot and uh, allowed you to do exactly zero preparation for this, I will go first. I have a story up on the Athletic DC today. Which, by the way, if you're not a subscriber, you can go to the Athletic dot com slash wizards after dark you can sign up you can get a subscription for $3.99 a month that's it i promise it's a good deal and it gets you full access for everything not just wizards after dark it gets you my content ben's content nba mlb like i always say you can get all of that stuff you can get every single article every podcast that's put up on the athletic ad free if you go to the athletic.com slash wizards after dark and all of that content includes my story from this morning on daniel gafford who has been a revelation. And I know it's been eight games of 17 minutes a game, but I don't know, man, you watch Daniel Gafford and it just passes the eye test. This, this feels real. His, his chemistry with a good point guard, which he never really had in Chicago. You know, I like Kobe White as a player. I think he's going to have a nice career, but I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's, you know, a six man instant offense scorer. I think that's that's Kobe White's future. Uh, you know, I, I I think they've kind of struggled to have a true point guard out there. You know, Zach Levine is a is obviously an all star caliber player. I've said on this podcast he was a deserving all star this year, but he's not Westbrook and Beal in terms of his facilitating prowess and putting Gafford, especially with Westbrook. It, it's been kind of crazy, and his defense has been good. His fouling is way down from what it was in Chicago, and you just see it, and it makes sense. He's not trying to dunk everything anymore like he did when he first came into the league last year. He's using kind of crafty old moves around the rim when he needs to and then throwing down lobs at other moments. It's just, I mean, it it, it really, you know, we talked about it as, as being – you know, Gafford having nice potential at the time and, you know, let's see what happens. And we really more talked about Troy Brown as being the angle of the trade, right? And just kind of the developmental uh, issues with Troy Brown's two and a half years in D.C. And and to us, at least on the podcast, that was I think that was kind of more the angle with which we saw the trade. And I think it's impossible to see it that way right now. With the, and, and Troy Brown's been pretty good in Chicago, but. I think it's pretty impossible to see it any other way with the way that Gafford is playing as, man, the Wizards really might have something in him. He looks great. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, th- there's random reasons we all latch on to different players. I mean, and Gafford was a guy that, going back to the draft where he entered the league, like 
like I had heard that there were teams that were looking at him in the first round and had written about him a little bit and was paying attention to him and, and all that. And so I sort of been tracking him. And when I watched him play in Chicago, it just looked like the guy we're kind of seeing now. But, you know, I wasn't exactly paying much attention to the Bulls. And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't like he had been progressing into some sort of an all-star level player, but just it always seemed like an energy guy. So when they made the trade, I was like, oh, well, you know, I wonder what's going on. Like, the, you know, the, what what did the Bulls not love? I understood they just got Vucevic, so they didn't necessarily need another center. But at the same time, you know, just give up on somebody like that. Now, granted, Troy Brown was the 15th pick not that long ago, and there's reasons to be optimistic about him. As we've discussed here, it feels like the Wizards just never figured out how to get the most out of him. And maybe another team thinks, hey, we, we can do that. So I get why you would want Troy Brown or be willing. But just they had to, to give up. An athletic young big who does the things that Gaffer does really just seems crazy. And, yeah, he's made a massive difference. I mean, it isn't uh, the number one reason why they've won all these games, but I think they've only lost one game with him in the lineup. He missed a couple with the with the, uh, with the the injury. Uh, it's been it's been wildly impressive. And just, like, seeing his energy out there on the court, you know, especially going up there with, with, with Brad and, and Russ, I mean, it just gives them a different, a different look. And, uh, you know, coming off the bench, it's it's huge. I mean, there's no there's no argument there that that it's that this pickup is. Um, you know, I joked the other day, like I'm already debating where this ranks among the best Wizards bullets trades of all time. And jokes aside, it's 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 a good one. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So here's a crazy stat from uh, from my story from this morning on him, which I assume uh, you haven't read, both because, you know, I don't think you sit around reading my work because I give you phone calls and tell you everything I'm writing about anyway. And secondly, because it just went up an hour ago. But uh, listen to this one. So Gafford has played only eight games with the Wizards. And this is this is this is kind of the connection that he and Westbrook have right away. And Westbrook runs those bench units. So they're on the floor together a decent amount. Gafford has played only eight games in DC. And Westbrook is only four assists away from assisting him on more baskets than any Bulls player did during his entire time in Chicago. Yeah, that, that that's uh that that's a pretty bizarre uh a pretty bizarre stat to say the least. Talk about Westbrook's already assisted him 17 times. And no Bulls player assisted him more than 21. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Like you know, a guy like that looks different when you put a facilitator next to him. Now, I'll say, and when I say a guy like that, I mean a player of that style, your rim diving big man. He just looks different when you put a guy, 
a competent point guard who can throw him lobs. Just changes the way he plays. I remember when DeAndre Jordan got Chris Paul. He became a first-team All-NBA center. Not saying Gafford is a first-team All-NBA center. That was crazy that DeAndre Jordan made first-team All-NBA. Like, I centers were so down then. It's wild that DeAndre Jordan ended up making, making All-NBA first-team. But what I'm saying is you put a really good point guard with a guy like that, and he can make him look good. And Westbrook's been playing. You know, I didn't think he played well against the Thunder at all. I thought he had a, his worst game in a while. But in general, he's been very good lately. And uh, he and Gafford have a nice connection. You know, Beal talks all the time about how he hasn't had a lob threat like Gafford before. But, you know, Westbrook hasn't really either. You know, he had Capella for a brief period, and then they traded Capella. He hasn't really had Capella for – he didn't really have him for meaningful basketball. Uh, you know, Stephen Adams could throw down lobs, young Stephen Adams, but he was never like this. He had Kendrick Perkins. He's never really had this. So I think he's having fun with it. I think it's clear he's having fun with it. Yesterday, by the way, I asked Westbrook about the three-center lineup or the three-center rotation, which is still outrageous to me. And the fact that it's working is even more outrageous to me. And I asked him about it and what he's – kind of what his what the elements that have been working for them are with those three centers. And he just responded, it's been great. So we're getting we're getting Russ back. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice expansive expansive answer. Um I, I mean so look look could we talk about him for a second? We can talk about whomever you like. Give me if is is he so, your uh, is he your element from the seven out of eight streak? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think so. I I uh, not this game, but the previous game, I tweeted after they won. I tweeted that uh, is anybody else thinking about the fact that the Wizards would arguably have the second and third best players in a series against Philly and Milwaukee, to which you and others you know made fun of me or whatever. And obviously, I'm sort of doing that tongue in cheek. Except for this, it's also true. It is an actual. I, I I can't say something is arguable and then say it's a fact, but if Russell Westbrook is like this version, the version that's playing like an all NBA player, that if he, if this was the version we saw over the course of a season, we would be discussing, is it possible the wizards could get two players on the all NBA team? You gotta, you know, which is things would be no, but um, you know, we would be talking in that way. He obviously was not even close to this guy for the first half the year. Let's just say to put a, put a, put a, put a, a, a time frame on it to some degree and he was hurt and whatever, but you know, he has played like another level and it's not just that he's clearly physically right. Mentally, he's playing at a much better, more consistent version of, of, of Westbrook. It's you never question the energy. It's the, can be sort of the decision-making and maybe the ego run amok at times that causes problems historically for him. And who's, I'm not going to say that this is, you know, he's now suddenly turned into some other player or whatever, but like by and large, not saying every play by and large, this has been a more con- controlled version of him. And to me, that has made the big, the biggest difference. I mean, Beal has been consistently still doing what he does. Um, and, uh, you know, what you just mentioned the center situation and when he's been healthy, Rui Hachimura has been a b- better version. Davis Bertans was hitting three last nights. Um, you know, maybe it's still not at night in, night out, but like whatever he's been, you know, th- there's more, more of that happening. Um, Ish Smith is back. Um, but Westbrook is the reason why, Again, I'm not remotely saying they're going to beat 
Philly or the or the Bucks or anybody like that in a playoff series, I, I understand like it'd probably be the Nets would be a whole other story. But I'm just saying, if Westbrook's playing like this and Beal's doing his thing, you at least have to ask the question: What would it take for the Wizards to win the series? Versus saying, "Are we serious? Why are we even watching this? We're just going to get lose by 20 points in every game." And I think that is a testament to how Westbrook has turned things around here and what that does to the other things that are already kind of in place. Yeah, Bertans, you mentioned by the way. His last, he he's really been on fire, shooting close to fifty percent for a little while now. It's been about a month and a half or two months or so. But these last seven games, especially, has been a whole other level. I mean, he's making four point one threes a game in his last seven. He's shooting exactly fifty percent. He's he's really he has really caught fire in a way that. I don't think he has all year. He's hitting those deep threes that he absolutely thrived on last year that just totally bent totally bent defenses. He looks he looks like the Davis Bertans that showed up for every game. Well, not every game because he didn't go to the bubble, but every game up until the bubble last year. He looks like that same guy and that is so important for the Wizards, not just because they paid him 80 million dollars. And not just because, yeah, you get a really good shooter and you get a really good spacer, but because he is the only really good spacer, you know, other than Beal. You know, and Beal's not even hitting his threes at a particularly high rate this year. He's a great spacer in that if he's off the ball, everybody is going to him. But he's he's not necessarily hitting his threes. And so Berton's cresting over 40% now for the season because he's been so on fire lately hitting a ton of his threes, dragging defenders all the way out to 32 feet from the rim, them having to worry about him in transition. When he hits a couple of threes, defenses just go crazy trying to make up for it. He, Him shooting like this and him hitting a couple of threes when he first comes in to just set the tone is really important. When he misses a couple of threes, defenses just don't. There's a human element to all this. Defenses just don't play him the same way until a guy gets burned on a couple of consecutive possessions. And then he's just like, Oh man, this can't happen a third. And now all of a sudden he's strained to ridiculous levels in order to try to defend this guy. And, uh, it just, it changes their offense. Cause he's, he's the guy, you know, Neto, Neto can make threes obviously, and he can shoot, but he's kind of, you know, he shoots a league average percentage at, at a not ridiculously high volume. And you look at the other guys on the roster, I mean, you just wouldn't call any of them three-point shooters. I mean, obviously, other than other than Beal, who, again, is only at 34% this year, but it's not Westbrook, and it's not Rui, and it's not Denny, and it's not Ish Smith, and it's not Robin Lopez, and it's not Alex Len, and it's not Daniel Gafford. And you go through, and it's like these guys are not three-point shooters. They need Bertans, and he's he's been killing it lately. It's it's uh, It's the new dad, the new dad theory. He has he has a kid, and he comes back. He goes six for twelve. It's the way it always works. Yes, um, just like James Naismith uh, drew it up. <laughs> Peak basket height. Go have a kid. He'll make shots. That's pretty much <laughs> pretty much how how it's all worked out. Um, that's the uh, that's the Fred Van Vliet or the Mike Trout theory. Same thing happened with Mike Trout. Mike Trout yeah. had a kid. I forget what his numbers were after, but they were outrageous. 
Right, yep. he was terrible before. And then he became <laughs> right, a good he was player. Mike Trout. Mike Trout was really struggling. He nice. really needed the bump. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that you know, to the point of how you started this conversation, they have done this exact same streak earlier this season, and then things didn't quite work out. And the question is, is there reason to believe? that this is different. And look, we discussed the schedule is definitely working out in their favor. It doesn't mean they'll win, but it's, it's uh, the opportunities are there. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like I said, between Westbrook, between Gafford, between, you know, just even other guys, like we're talking about Bertans being a, a different version of himself compared to where he was in the first half of the year. You know, the Robin Lopez thing, obviously he's been, you know, pretty effective um, in, in, you know, shooting the ball and, and, and just being a solid, you know, presence out on the court. And so on. And, you know, uh, you know, again, Rui has been better when he's been when he's been healthy. And yeah, so I mean, I think, again, to say that this feels more real than the last time is, again, not to say they're going to go into the playoffs and all of a sudden uh, bust the bracket. It's just to say that, you know, this is a better version of what they had. And if this version was the, the, the team they had from the start of the year, which obviously they wish they had, you know, we may have had a lot of different conversations about what about the Wizards this season. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely playing better. It's more interesting to watch, which for those of us who, ta- who are tasked to do that, at least you are at least tasked, I just subject myself. Um, <laughs> the, uh, then, uh, then, yeah, I mean, this is just a, a more interesting version. And, you know, I, I will be curious to see what it looks like. Um, you know, it should, in fact, they get to a playing game and, and uh, go from there. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, this is... Hey, you know what? We spent a podcast... I don't remember which one it was. We spent a podcast scrummaging around at the end of a podcast a couple of weeks ago trying to figure out if we could say a positive thing about the Wizards to end the pod, right? So good vibes today. All positive stuff. Playing well. Good things are happening. They're killing their draft positioning, but they're winning. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, that that that's a whole other conversation. One, you know, we've discussed to various degrees, and that's, you know, 
Uh, everything I'm saying is not me endorsing that, uh, giving up the potential, uh, you know, the better odds for getting a top five pick in a year when there seems to be five interesting, um, you know, high end prospects coming out. But we're here. There's nothing, you know, nothing, you know, wishing isn't going to change anything. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So uh, they're, they're, they're moving forward and uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yes, it is interesting. You got anything else that you uh that you want to oh hey I got I got something Who's going to win the scoring title? This is pertinent. You know we got Wizards Warriors on Wednesday. And Stephen Curry is about 3 tenths of a point now above Bradley Beal. Beal is now second in the league in scoring. I feel like he I feel like the NBA's leading scorer, Bradley Beal, has become a proper noun. He's been the leading scorer for so long, right? Like, he has been the league's leading scorer basically since day one, right off the bat. You know, five days into the year, he's the league's leading scorer, and he has not given that up until last night when Curry goes for 49 and Beal goes for a hapless 30, just a disappointing 30-point performance, and... Uh, Curry passes him and, and is now three tenths of a point ahead. I think it's 30, was it 31.4 to 31.1 or something like that? 31.2 to 31.9. To it's, it's, it's something where it's three tenths of a point, four tenths of a point where Curry is ahead. They played on Wednesday night in DC. So let's, let's, let's talk about this for two minutes. Uh, what, what is your scoring title prediction? I mean, look, I'd love to say um, just for the fun of it, you know, for, for the individual accomplishment that Bradley Beal gets it, you know, you become an, I think um, we discussed, didn't we discuss this the other day? Like, would you rather have the scoring title or the all-time leader in triple doubles? Because Westbrook is on the verge of that. Um, you know, in terms of the scoring title, yeah, I mean, for the rest of time, it doesn't matter what else happens. But after, it will be listed, this person led the league in scoring in this year. And that list is, is, you know, people on that list are generally considered to be among the best ever, and there's a certain cachet to that stat really above all others uh, in, in, in the league. So it would be quite the accomplishment for, 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 for Brad. My, my concern is, <laughs> one, Stephen Curry is unbelievable. Two, because you said Stephen Curry, I said Stephen Curry rather than the usual Steph Curry, which sounds more normal. Uh, <laughs> three, I mean, boy, not only is he just playing at a really ridiculous level, but like you know, like I, you know, there, there's not anybody else on that team where you're going to really say is going to be getting the points. I mean, Westbrook doesn't necessarily score 30 a game, but obviously he's going to have the ball a lot and take shots, and he will produce points. So I, you know, I don't know if there's anybody else right now in Golden State who you would even say is going to challenge Curry for 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 points. And also, like, look, he's doing this. I mean, look, he just went for 49 against Philly. I mean, it's not like Philly is a, is chump change. They're the one seed in the East. So I. I, I it just feels like Curry is gonna gonna get it uh, based on where things are headed right now. But you know, look, Bradley Beal's been consistently good. His scoring numbers are a bit down from where they were earlier in the year when he didn't have any help. Um, uh, you know, or at least not as much as he has now, which is a good thing for the Wizards. Probably a bad thing for his chances of winning the scoring title. Yeah, I agree with you. Curry's too hot. Beal's a great player. Curry changed the game. And, and I will just also say this, like to sort of tie it into sort of like conversations earlier on, like 
going back to even last year, like one of my frustrations when we talked about the All NBA is like how people were framing Beal stinks on defense. Um, you know, or people in you know in my own life talk about he's he's too much of a selfish player, and I just always said, look, this isn't ridiculous. All these things are ridiculous. He's looking at the situation and seeing. I'm playing with a lousy defensive team. It makes no sense to apply myself to the degree I did in previous years defensively when we're not going to be able to stop anybody. So I'm going to go all in on offense. Simultaneously, he had no help last year, realistically. Bertans was obviously a great three-point shooter, but not a guy who was creating his own shot. It was pretty much all on Beal. And it was pretty much all on Beal for a good chunk of this year because Westbrook wasn't right, Bertans wasn't right, and so on. It's different now. Now he has more people. We're seeing a better two-way version of Beal, and we're seeing a guy who doesn't feel compelled to take every shot. He said this as much last night after the postgame, and I don't think it's lip service, which is all of this is not great for his chances of going to the scoring title, but I don't see him as a guy who's going to start jacking up 35 shots a game. Now, if we get to the last three games of the season, the Wizards have fallen out of this play-in somehow. Well, the go nuts. But uh, up until that point, I think for him, the goal, I think, is to make the playing game misguided or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to start chucking the ball crazily the way you, you probably need to to catch Curry. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what Curry is doing. He's up to he's up to 31.4 points a game right now. Just I mean, the, the last like 11 games is just. It's just complete and utter insanity, especially so these last even six games. He is making nine threes a game and averaging 44 points a game. He's making nine threes a game. He is on average shooting nine for 16 from three over <laughs> over over a six game span. It is outrageous. He's hit eight threes, 10 threes, 11 threes, four threes, 11 threes, 10 threes. Those are his last six games. This is completely and utterly insane. It is an unprecedented stretch, even by Steph Curry standards, as you would say, Steph Curry. I just, when when an all-time player is playing at an all-time level, it's just, there's nothing like it. So it, it will be a fun one for fans to come back to the arena for, I'll tell you that. Anyway, Ben, I know you have an out. Check out Ben's coverage of the football team uh, and his occasional coverage of the Wizards over at The Athletic DC. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark, tell your friends about the podcast, leave a review, um, whatever else. The written, written reviews uh, help a lot more than the five stars. If you want to go out of your way to write one of those, if you love the podcast, subscribe to The Athletic. Like I said, theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark gets you a full subscription to the pod. I'm going to record a podcast later this week talking more wizard stuff. I'll talk to you guys then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.